0: Hi, and welcome to Phantasmal Farces Adventurize, where we delve into the world of entertainment and see if we can pull an adventure out of our arse. Our aim is to inspire and to show, so long as you look, almost anything can be a tabletop adventure. So don't be intimidated, and let's see what we can stitch together. I'm Alan, and I'm the forever GM Macastrix of a group of players in Wales. I love casting my fourth-level arcane eye over stories and seeing how they translate into adventures. In this episode, we will be... ADVENTURIZING HONEY I SHRUNK THE KIDS HONEY I SHRUNK THE KIDS is a 1989 Rick Moranis movie. IMDB describes it as the scientist father of a teenage girl and boy accidentally shrink his and two other neighbourhood teens to the size of insects. Now the teens must fight diminutive dangers as their father searches for them. They also obviously have to try and make it whack. To regular size. In your Good evening, Rod. How are we today? I've, I've decided I'm, I'm, I'm making it a thing. I'm going to ask you how you are. I've decided that I'm going to change it up and, and use a different language. So,
1: On Yang. On, young, on, on young.
0: Young. Um, That's hello in Korean, I believe. It's a small child's name. Anyway, listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, honey, I shrunk the kids. Uh, would you call this a classic? Would you say it's a classic film?
1: Yes, yes, I would. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I am gonna hold my hand up and say I'm biased. Um, I would say that the first one is the best of all of them in comparison to the other two. I want to say two. I know there's definitely the baby, and I think they shrunk everyone, didn't they? Something like that. I don't know. And there's a new one coming out as well now, anyway. Um, but yeah, the first one I remember fondly, and um. Yeah, I'd I, I say it's a classic. It's the one of the films that you, you remember, you know
0: about it. Okay, so let me proceed to crap all over it. Okay. I did not enjoy this film. I'd watched it once as a child and remembered it kind of okay, but I didn't really have any strong memories, um, so I didn't have any nostalgia um, kind of guiding me along. Um, and, yeah, when I watched it so that we could do this episode... Not not that great. It was it was a classic eighties nineties kids film, with all the kind of cliché trappings you'd expect. Um, but oddly, often when you watch a kids film as an adult, you sympathise with the parents um, rather than the kids. But I just hated everyone. The kids are annoying, and the parents they ran the gauntlet from bland to even more dumb and annoying than their kids. Um, Amy, the eldest daughter, was probably the closest person to having any common sense and probably, um, the one who I kind of related to, maybe. Um, and the, the little, um, this is a family-friendly show, so, but anyway, Ron, the, uh... Is he the youngest
1: daughter of the the neighbour, the youngest son of the neighbors rather
0: yeah he was yeah yeah when it but when he was dealing with um auntie, the ant uh he was actually like he 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 was more relatable and and palatable um but yeah the two characters i related to most and and thought were robbed of screen time were auntie and quark um Auntie being an ant and quark being a dog they're animals that don't talk, and they aren't the focus. Had this been The Adventures of Ante and Quark, well, it would be a completely different movie, but I think I'd like that imaginary film more than what I saw. So you've said it's a classic, you're biased. Tell me how I'm wrong. Well, uh, I just want to address
1: something that's just come up now. I mean, you heard Quark. I heard Cork. <laughs> you you, you heard Ante. I heard Andy. I mean... I hear, I I see Craig. I hear Greg. I mean, there's something going on, yeah. I'm not happy about this. Quark makes sense, though. Yeah, I assumed it was the science thing. Yeah, it's 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 thrown me for a loop now. Um, okay, uh, I'm no, I'm I'm not going to disagree with you there. It's it there's a difference between a classic and a good film. Is is you know you can be a classic film and be bad. So uh, yeah, I mean it it doesn't age well to an adult. But I imagine if I played it to someone who was younger than myself, um, someone in the age range that it was it was targeted towards, I'm sure that it would be um, quite pleasant and enjoyable for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, in contrast, I enjoyed the film. You know, uh, the things that are, are hokey and and like what did you call it? Cliche was it? Yeah. Trope. Yeah. Um. There's always another obstacle. There's always another challenge. Something happens where the kids, you know, the titular kids, you know, they're always worse off, and you know, nothing ever goes right for them. You know, so um, I don't know. It just it just seems as though they they were in trouble for trouble's sake at certain points. Particularly when the bee came along, um, it just didn't seem to. You know, there was no need for the bees. There was there was no reason for them if they were covered in jam or, or they'd walk near a sandwich or something. But it just so happened that this beautiful green lawn suddenly then had flowers. I don't know. There was that anyway. Um, and yeah, the, the parents are just annoying at that point. I mean, I get, I appreciate that, you know, they have to do what they have to do to protect from standing on their children and so forth. But it just seemed convoluted and boring. But it's a good film. Yeah, it's it's up there with like you know Bill and Ted and Uncle Buck and Field of Dreams. It's like none of them were any good on a second viewing, but they warrant a second viewing. I would. Would you say that's the case for Honey I Shrunk the Kids?
0: Watch it if you want, but I would say that you need to wash your mouth out for putting Bill and Ted in the same sentence as this film. What well, you gotta remember? Yeah. Right,
1: this, At
0: the time, this was the
1: highest worldwide gross, and it was under half a million. That's, that's the, 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 the green and pleasant land we were living in at those times. So this was
0: a huge success. Counterpoint. Does it have Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter and George Carlin in it? Yes, you just didn't see them. Oh, then I changed my opinion. This is a wonderful film. Five stars.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the DA five out of seven... Um, i don't think the dated effects detracted from it um they used what technology they had at the time um, a lot of it was practical effects as well i mean that's a life-sized well it's not a life-size ant it's a a life-sized two-scale shrunken or large ant whichever way you want to put it but you know that that was it was believable as an ant from what i know of ants um speaking of you know there was spoilers ahead but uh it, you know, is 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 death. You know, he got me right in the feels. That's that's not a PG. That's not what I expected from a PG film. Or uh, I believe it's PG thirteen for the. Colonial no, they cousins. have PG and
0: PG thirteen. They're
1: different. They have I do Oh, okay. It was really poignant. It was it was quite sweet to be honest. This uh, it was it was a nice little bit that was maybe unnecessary, but there we go. Um, and there, yeah, but you know, ultimately, you can suspend your disbelief all you want because. Will the lawnmower have enough suction power on it to be able to um, lift them up out of a hole? <sighs> no. But then at the same time, they're shrunk to 100th of their size. So you've got to take the rough with the smooth on that one. Um, it was good. Yeah, you know, the, the little one was crying, you know, when that one, the lawnmower thing, he was, he just, he'd just given up the ghost. He'd thrown in the towel at that point. And in fairness to you, I don't blame him. What was he, maybe six or seven or eight? That's, that's a that's a lot to go through as an eight-year-old you know if if you put yourself in his tiny even smaller shoes at that point that's 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 big stuff but uh yeah it's just one of those like one of those kiddie romp films that's you know meant for kids as well um but yeah it, it's it's got the the right level of attention to grab an adult i mean Films have come a long way. For example, we went to go and see Frozen Two with a three-year-old, four, two-year-old, three-year-old, a child
0: uh, in single digits, and you—you you enjoyed watching Frozen Two, right? Um, no, I did not like Frozen Two. I—I I enjoyed your son uh, um, get, you know, um, he had these light-up shoes and stuff. But no, I and and it was enjoyable to see. Um, Someone in, like, a child enjoying it, but it it wasn't awful. But uh, I mean, I I think the most enjoyment came from him when he could actually act out the
1: film himself. If you recall, he was distracting the water, I believe, is what he was actually saying, and whooshing and waving his hands and gesticulating towards puddles of water on the way car- to the car. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the sort of thing that this film, I, I suppose, that they were trying to elicit is from children to. You know, imagine that they were shrunken, and <laughs> you can't knock it for them trying. Because ultimately, what are you and I doing now? We're talking about how we can imagine ourselves as sh- shrunken
0: people. So they did something, right? Arguably, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on. We've we've uh, I think that's our longest opinion eyes yet. Yeah, this isn't a review show. Let, let's let's give the people what they want. What they showed up here for? What they bought the tickets for? They didn't buy a ticket.
1: They've already, they've already hung up by now.
0: Mechanize. Okay, so as someone who liked the film, did you have, and I, because obviously someone who'd seen it before, did you have ideas going in, or?
1: Well, there's one question you, you've you've overlooked at the moment, <clears throat> so I'm going to quickly interject and ask you the question:
0: Where do the players go, Alan? In this one, the players. This is another one where the players can go anywhere because it's just pe- people who got shrunk we you you need a hook as to why they got shrunk um but that depends on entirely on your um setting uh you know is it technological if you're playing something uh sci-fi but in D&D it can be a you know a spell or a uh, an Alice in Wonderland style you know you eat a mushroom or whatever um so the players as long as you can figure out a way to get them small, you, you just get them small. If it's a, if it's a one shot, you could just have them small from the beginning. That's what I was thinking. Uh, there's two perspectives really have the characters shrunk or have
1: their surroundings grown. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. As in, uh, cause obviously my, you know, I was just looking at exactly as the, the film with, um, everything being, uh, basically the characters being small. But with Jack and the Beanstalk,
1: for argument's sake, it's the same concept. However, Jack is in the Giants' land.
0: Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's something you could do, is you could have your characters arriving at a until-now undocumented land. And yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to the, um, the Giants' uh, world in Jack and the Beanstalk. What information we're about to provide effectively,
1: or the ideas that we're going to put forward effectively, the same thing. You're still a a minuscule person uh, or character in a larger land, but how you get there, you don't have to sort of bottleneck yourself to being shrunk. You can actually be normal, um, which would effectively solve the issue of how would you gain yourself into normal size again? You just leave. Or how would you leave, of
0: course? Because that's the thing, is that essentially your goal would be in in a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids game, it's you've been made small, or like you say, um, you're you're perceived as small if you go into a giant's land, and the question is how do you get back? And yes, that does um, offer the the issue of if you are in a giant's land, you can just leave. However, also from Jack and the Beanstalk, um, there was an awful lot of uh, treasures and things worthwhile being in the dragon a dragon? Giant's Land 4 so yeah I would apply the same thing if you're going for the adventures in a dragon's land make it so that there's something really worthwhile and then it changes it slightly because it is less how do I get back to normal and it's more how do we steal all this cool stuff in a land that wasn't built um, with people like us in mind so, yeah, you, you've
1: got different sort of obstacles for the different circumstances. So you've got, um, you've got sort of cooking larger meals with the utensils that you have, for example, which are enormous, whereas, which is both the same, you know, if, if one way or the other, whether you're small or your surroundings are large, but how you overcome that, do you fashion your own sort of things to be able to do that? Um. And obviously you've got the, the obstacles that they overcame as well. Everything again is exactly the same. You're smaller in a in a large land and it depends then what you throw at the characters is is entirely up to you as a GM based on the setting. You know, you may not encounter a lawnmower um for argument's sake in a in a fantasy setting, but you may in a contemporary, maybe even um a futuristic setting. Um there are presumably always bees, you know, and ants
0: and, and other little critters like that. Because that's the thing. It gives you a chance to reassess every object. Because um, like they had the lawnmower and you don't think of the way the lawnmower works as a, um, when you're quite large in comparison to it. Um, but when you're small, it, it changes everything. So you can look at all these kind of things and get a lot more... You have to reevaluate everything. I think thinking about what would happen if you were small is a good thought exercise, even if you don't plan to run a game, because you can get so many uh, ideas from thinking, if I was only half an inch tall, um, you know, like I've got a laptop in front of me, you know, I'd have to basically, if I wanted to type a message, I'd have to, you know, jump about and... And all that kind of stuff. There's there's all kinds of anything you think of. You can get a weird new perspective. Because um, also as well with D and D, you've got magic items like um, the the staple, a bag of holding. The bag of holding is originally, you know, it's an it's a a bag you can store whatever you want in. Um, but if you're small, you're quite likely to fall in and end up having an adventure possibly within the bag of holding. It's it's no longer an item, it's, it, it is the adventure itself.
1: Uh, yeah, so it, uh, you're right, yeah. I mean, various different things, like, um, for argument's sake, uh, like, it was a bowl of cereal that, to us, is mundane, while, you know, technically dangerous if you fell asleep in it. To a smaller character, not being able to get any sort of purchase on... Cereals or cornflakes or whatever happened to be in there it does become life-threatening given the fact that uh, to 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 traverse it from one side to another would take a tremendous amount of effort whereas you know you a bowl of cereal is nothing to us you can step over it and you know you, you can traverse it just through one step alone For things um it's, just, it's that paradox that to me is interesting you know things that are quite simple you mention a laptop you know to me, while my keyboard is, uh, how to put it politely, it's, it's disgusting and it should have a bit of a clean out. Uh, to be that small to fall between one of the keys, you know, that, that could, that's a four-hour adventure that you could drag on right there because heaven knows what's down there that you could find and what might be attracted there when I'm not looking. Um, so, yeah, it just it, it puts that sort of things where we just see it as mundane and ultimately not quite that dangerous at all could actually end up being serious and, and you know, of, of mortal danger. And it sort of flips everything on its head, whereby, you know, to us, larger things are more dangerous to us. So you'd, what we would recognise as being just, you know, nothing in particularly scary or, or problematic could prove out to be life-threatening in, in that smaller sense. Plus, obviously, a multitude of other things like the sprinklers or puddles and so forth.
0: Um, I'd like to pick up and expand or shift sideways a little bit on that one. Um, You say um, things that are more dangerous because they're bigger than us, uh, and then when you're small, lots of things are bigger than us. When it comes to creatures, um, how would you deal with creatures? Because obviously in um, Five Finder, as I call it, you've got the, the CR hierarchy. Would you... Would you rebuild the monsters, or would you just reskin, like an ant would become a wolf? Uh, would you just shift uh, the stat blocks along, or would you build from the ground up?
1: Uh, it's possible to do both. It depends on how much effort you're going to put into it, really. You know, if this is going to be an ongoing thing, then yeah, possibly um, reskinning it might be uh, the way forward to save yourself a lot of bother. You know, if you're going to be trying to think of something week in, week out, or fortnightly monthly monthly, whatever the case is um but if it's going to be something that you want to really you know if if you're one of those gms who take pride in the in in sort of developing everything or you've got that nose and that mind to be able to invent your own thing yeah there's there's nothing wrong with doing that i mean um it depends on how you would flip it would you be able to take say for example would a half cr be equal to maybe if in reverse, would it be CR maybe 7 or 8? And then something similar to that then could be replacing it with just, you know, just with a different name for arguments sake, Like you say, so an ant becomes a wolf or something greater, say um, say Basilisk or something like that. Maybe not with the similar sort of attributes um, or rather with talents and attacks. But uh, yeah, it, it could certainly, you know, work that way. Um You've obviously then got the, the flip side of it, then, is like, for argument's sake, something extremely large, for argument's sake, again, using Fifth Finder as an example, dragons or Tarask, you wouldn't even register to them. But whereas a, a, a dog, for example, Quark or Cork, would be able to sense them through its excellent hearing and sense of smell.
0: Yeah, and would be, that would be like the equivalent of a dragon or a tarasque to them. Yeah, whether or not he was, you know, friendly
1: or foe, of course. Quark was in no mood to... Was, you know, he was not an enemy.
0: In fact, he was the saviour of the day. You mentioned dragons and tarasks and that we wouldn't register to them. Um, something I'd like to talk about is a way that perhaps the traditional CR, the way people think about CR or challenge rating for anyone who is a non-Five Finder player... Um, that it could twist it in strange ways. Because, for example, you say that things are dangerous because they're much bigger than us. Um, not to um, bring bring up the pandemic uh, too much, you know, we want escapism, but some things are dangerous to people purely because of how small they are. Uh, well, not because of how small they are, but they're dangerous because they're small. So... Things like a dragon, when you're half an inch tall, might not fight you, but if you wanted to assassinate the dragon or kill the dragon, you would be able to crawl in, you would be able to climb inside it. And, you know, if you have knowledge of dragon anatomy, you know, sever arteries and things like that. Um, but the thing is, it would still be a large, scary dragon, so you could turn what um, would normally be a combat encounter into like an environmental hazard. You know, the heat of the breath. Um, if it rolls over, it will crush you. But in some ways, when you're small, you could potentially be more deadly than the dragon. Do you think that's something uh, you could do? That That is something you could do. Um, I don't remember exactly
1: what... The response was, but we had we had this with Ant Man and Thanos between uh, Infinity War and Endgame, and I don't remember how it was resolved. But I believe the Russo brothers did actually have a response to this, and if I'd known this was coming up, I maybe should have researched it, but. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, it's certainly worth looking into, but I think that they actually raised that point and or someone raised it to them and they had a response to it as to why it wouldn't work. Um, as for specifically for what you're saying, yeah, I mean, it depends on what sort of direction you want to take it in, ultimately. You know, if you want to make the bag of holding the um, playground, play area, um, the, the giant uh, land... Or the dragon itself, yeah, turn it into a, an inner space-type situation. I mean, it, it does bear the question of how are you going to survive inside the dragon not being able to breathe, because living inside it would require oxygen. And presumably, it would heal itself while you're inside it, and slowly but surely, everything would seal up, uh, trapping you inside. But um, that's what I'm
0: saying. Is the veins are It not- still is... Although the dragon would never give you time of day, um, it can still be um, a challenge and a danger to the players. It's just a different type of danger. could do it, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't see how you could myself, but you could try. Well, you mentioned Inner Space, um, you know, Inner Space, Fantastic Voyage, um, The that episode of Rick and Morty with the Jurassic Park thing. Um Maybe that's the setup for the adventure. You've been shrunk specifically to go inside a larger creature. Okay, so you'd be prepared
1: with things that would uh, allow you to be able to breathe, and, and so you'd be prepared. They wouldn't be that much, unless something went wrong. They wouldn't be that much of a surprise. You, you'd be prepared with counter heat and, and being able to breathe in the circulatory system and things like that.
0: Yeah, and there, there is a certain level of. Um... Suspension of disbelief, because, uh, you know, um Pinocchio, Geppetto lived inside the whale for a year or whatever it was, and they never explained how he was able to breathe. Depending on your players, i.e., I wouldn't do this with you because you would pull up on it, but I think some people, you you wouldn't need to explain why people can't breathe; they just can't breathe. You know, like um. Uh, star wars and, and and avengers mentioned in infinity war um no one ever needs to put on um no one ever needs to to wear oxygen do they they can just breathe wherever they go yeah okay yeah but you are right it is also that is part of what i was saying is that um defeating a dragon when you're tiny poses has a different set of challenges than defeating one when you're regular size so this would be uh, in this in, say, in this scenario you're suggesting
1: that you you volunteered to be shrunk to be able to better defeat a dragon.
0: Yeah, that's just one idea. It doesn't have to be that there's you could be shrunk um maliciously and just decide that you want to go inside a dragon to fuck it up. Like oh naughty word. Um we'll have to mark this one as explicit. Um yeah, I'm just saying that don't you think that the um creatures can can give a can still be a threat even if they wouldn't register to to that creature because you're saying you're small you're like a fly the dragon doesn't care but i don't think i personally don't think that means you you get to rule out dragons as part of your game if you want them they just become a a environment rather than a creature in terms of how you would deal with
1: yeah it's it's how you approach it really ultimately in your what you're suggesting there is that the player characters have actually actively gone and sought this dragon to make it the environment whereas what i'm suggesting is um something that large isn't going to take an active interest in you whereas a cow or sheep is going to just graze and that in itself can be a you know a huge danger to you because you could you have the likelihood of being eaten um, so that, as an obstacle or that as a challenge, poses a greater threat than the dragon, because the dragon isn't actively looking for you, neither are the sheep and the cows, for example, but they tend to be in herds, and it is a greater so it is a matter of perspective, and anything in this instance can be can be used depends on how you want to do it um again, granted it's all set in specific, you know you're not gonna have um you're not going to have lawnmowers or anything like that or, you know, so it all depends. You know, you're not going to have like a, a service robot or anything like that, maybe in a fantasy setting. And again, there might not be dogs or something like that. You know, there might be different sort of creatures or whatever might actually be um, might be specific or or, or idiosyncratic to the, uh, the city, the setting but uh, yeah it's it's trying to gauge it and using some common sense in that in in that sense really is whether or not a, a dragon it, when it appears it might just be walking through the scene um its footsteps could probably be a, a threat you'd have to gauge where they're going to fall and then you're going to have a large large area a large surface area to clear to avoid it from coming down on top of you um but yeah whether or not it would then stop and actually start a fight is uh, what
0: I'm saying is not unlikely at all. Okay. And you, you kind of touched on it saying, because um, I implied that uh, the shrinking could be voluntary. Um, do, you have any, do you have any more ideas on the source of the shrinking?
1: Setting specific, again, um,
0: yeah, you could have a, a spiteful wizard, You know, you could be
1: cursed for doing it. Um, Again, you just be in a failed experiment, just like in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Happenstance Made a Failed Experiment Successful and it just happened to be that you were the one in the the firing line. Um, Volunteering, much the same as what you said, in a space. Um, What other examples did you give? I know you said uh, Anatomy Park. Yes. Rick and Morty was a third
0: example. Yeah, it was. I couldn't remember the name, though. I just called it that Rick and Morty Jurassic Park thing. Yeah, uh, the pirates of the pancreas. Don't don't
1: knock it. It's a great idea. Um, I'm sure if we put our minds to it, there's going to be a lot of different things. But, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's the the raison d'etre of this show is that we can only show you the door, dear listeners. It's for you to walk through, really. Let your imagination be your limitation,
0: that's all. So also as well if you were running this in an established campaign something I think I'd like to do as in if they basically if you had a campaign and you decided you were going to do a everyone's tiny uh, mission um, would you make would you highlight the difference between being regular sized and shrunk by making decisions the party had made to make their life easier as regular sized coming back to make their life harder Um, now that they're small. Um, Because what gave me the idea for that was in um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. uh, The youngest um, boy tricks the other local kid into cutting the lawn for him. And obviously that would get him out of cutting the lawn. Great. Unfortunately, it turns out when the kid shows up to actually cut the lawn, they're tiny and he's what brings the lawnmower in. So would you... Do things like that where you turn what was a good idea, regular sized, into a bad idea now that you're small.
1: Yeah, of course. That's that's a brilliant way of doing it. You know, that's foreshadowing what you would... If you're not aware that this is going to happen, then you, you're, you're going to quietly be quite smug. You know, I've, I've invented a, a, a Roomba comma fantasy. Whereas little do you know that that Roomba is going to chase you for 20 leagues or what seems to be 20 leagues through your your hovel or home or whatever the case may be um you know it doesn't have to be a roomba you could have you could have cast a spell on a broom like in fantasia and this little broom is going back and forth of its own accord like with mickey mouse in fanta or oh, not mickey mouse but what mickey mouse did in fantasia um only for you to get caught up and swept away by its bristles or, or having to run away from it um yeah <clears throat> it just reminds me of uh Uh, what's that alien film is it Covenant or something or Prometheus where everyone was complaining that she ran in a straight direction with a circle following behind her where all she had to do was take a 90 degree turn in either direction and her problems would be solved you know it depends it'd be interesting to see if something like that did happen where you're being chased by something in a straight line how you would react whether you would how quickly your players would cotton on Maybe that's something to quietly count as a as a DM or GM, um, and whoever mentions to be able to turn could get an inspiration for that. Yeah, because it seems quite obvious uh, when you're not in panic mode. Um, but yeah, I, to to go back to your initial point, yeah, it's 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 a really good idea um, to foreshadow and things like that. But um, Unless you had a specific example in mind, I wouldn't have had a clue exactly what you were meaning. So that would be, that would be something that you really need to focus on.
0: I, I, um, I didn't have a, a specific example, but that's a good one. You know, like, for example, if you've allowed the players to get a base, maybe they have enchanted brooms so that they don't have to clean. And exactly like you said, you know, that was good when it saved them having to sweep up every day, but it's bad now that they're the thing that it's going to be sweeping up.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- that that could be months in the planning. That could be something where it was just a throwaway thing, and then all of a sudden, you've listened to this podcast, you think you're going to throw this into your campaign, and then so yeah, it's a brilliant idea, but but the setup is going to need
0: some serious work. Yeah, to be honest, it's very it's very much uh, you have to tailor it to your own. We. It, it... You you guys know what campaigns you're running, so there you know what uh, decision, what things you could throw a uh, a tiny party. Um, I think we should all give Alan a little gold star for that. Well done, Alan. That was a good idea. And another thing I thought that um, from the film that uh, had nothing nothing to do with um, being shrunk really is that because you obviously had the two sets of siblings uh at one mm-hmm. point they got um split up from each other and so the older sibling was with the opposite younger sibling um you know for Was this when it was raining or when the um and um, when the bee, uh, bee the sprinklers came... came on and when the bee came the older the older brother from next door and the young science kid get stuck on the bee and flown away leaving the sister and the bratty younger brother from next door together so i was saying you could shrink or use size to split the party i know you never split the party blah 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 um but you could do that to to explore interesting dynamics because um maybe you don't see it from the player's side as much but um something i definitely noticed when i um gm or dm is you guys i'm talking about our our regular group now you do have little teams you form um not not to name names, but there are like two people who quite often do the more cautious stuff together. um There's a certain person who tends to rush in, especially if there's beds involved um and you can try and break up the the flow of play the the kind of the the little habits people have fallen into by making them uh, work more with players that they don't naturally work with as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to clarify and interject there, uh, the beds were to be destroyed,
1: not... uh, Yes, sorry, yeah. Nothing else. Yeah, the the rushing in was to find a bed and destroy it. Uh, No no more, no less. Quite innocent there. Um, Ain't no hanky-panky. No, you're right. I remember... (laughs) I didn't suggest that, but yeah, (laughs) ain't no hanky-panky um i remember having a a, a in-game relationship between a, a, a myself and it, it I, don't, I don't remember how it came into fruition but it just so happened that we would always fist bump in heavy armor which clanged and it just it just it went from there
0: yeah so you could what i was thinking is you could you could have the puzzle need multiple or the situation look uh multiple uh angles um like some people need to be regular size and some people need to be small and you could make sure that um to use the clang brothers as an example one si- one clang brother is in the team that gets shrunk and the other one is in the uh the one that gets left regular size or maybe they the other side get get um what's the word as in shrunk grown grown to double size giant sized gigantic help me out right. this this is this is a requiring uh, uh as usual i believe uh so antonym yeah of shrunk um oh, gr- shrunk well grown is but that you know you don't normally think that means grown to twice your size do you expanded e- enlarged yeah enlarged there we go yeah and the other ones are enlarged um is it um, Alice in Wonderland style, you know, because she had to get big and small multiple times to achieve it. Do you do you make it like a puzzle dungeon that requires clever use of being big, small and regular? Um, I know that's kind of getting outside of, um, you know, that's, that's kind of we're moving away from the core of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids there, but um, it's something I thought about when I thought you're small, but what about when you're big? And then Alice... Alice in Wonderland um, is one of my favourite Disney films, um, and uh, I just like the the, the big in the smalling. It's it's one of the best kind of surreal, strange worlds, in my opinion.
1: Uh, well, that that's a there was a nice little segue in there earlier on in what you were saying with regards to um, the allies and how that would work. Would there be sort of NPC characters who are not of human or humanoid? Um, they in. So, for example, a dog, an ant, crickets, uh, what else would there be? A swarm of rats, if we're going with the Five Finder uh, example. Um, what else are the low CR things? Is it these uh,
0: snakes? Um, those st- sturges, the mosquito things.
1: Yeah, so would, would you be using them as an NPC? Not so much as uh, an, an enemy or an adversary, but something that would assist and help. For example, a mount. You know, we've, we, there's everyone, for some reason, always finds it amusing in our group that um, a war dog can be used as a mount for a halfling or something, a creature of, of a small size.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Because um, that's the thing. We think of certain creatures as perhaps being aggressive, but maybe they'd be more docile to something that, is is much smaller than it or it might try to eat you most things in nature try to eat smaller things so i would say yes but i i I would make some things less aggressive yet that thought has just occurred though
1: when you suggested the bag of holding yes now for example if you were if you were shrunk by magic for argument's sake Uh, all your equipment, I imagine, rather than having everyone then suddenly half an inch tall and naked without any weapons. Presumably your equipment and your clothing and your weaponry would shrink with you. Yeah. Would the interior of the bag of holding be immune to this? So if you had a bag of holding that shrunk with you and you went to retrieve, uh, for argument's sake, a tinderbox, would this tinderbox then suddenly be uh, the size of a car to you in comparison to your, your no-shrunk
0: self. Oh, because now you're talking about all kinds of things. Because if if you were doing something where you get shrunk and unshrunk regularly, you put something in the bag. So say you, you need a large thing, you put it in the bag of holding, shrink yourself, then lift it out and it's big. Oh, yeah, I think the the... Would you call it the physics of what happens to a bag of holding when it gets shrunk and enlarged? Um, I think that's a Reddit thread that would go for several hundred comments. But in your own game, that's something to maybe explore. Uh, it only just dawned on me because
1: if you were to use an ant as a mount, as they did in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, um, they managed to lure the ant by using sugar and sweets. Um, so presumably there'd be some sort of D&D equivalent, like a sweet roll or, or something along those lines. Um and then it made me wonder if they were to retrieve something like that from the bag of holding, that it was absolutely enormous. That could feed you in, in your current shrunken state for, for, for months or until it, it, um, it, it rotted away or got mouldy. You know, it, it was James and the Giant Peach, that, uh, the, the Tim Burton-esque film, uh, where slowly but surely the, 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 the peach got hollower and hollower because um, they'd eaten so much of it around the pit. But stove
0: yeah, it's it's it, definitely yeah, it something just, to think of. Just, it's there's, I think the main thing to take away from Honey I Shrunk the Kids is basically being small is is so much different to being regular size. It's certainly something to explore, I would say, and it's interesting, yeah. Because, like you say, something as as mundane as a peach in James and the Giant Peach turned into well, they effect, they effectively made like a a, fl- a flying flying house out of it effectively didn't they it was... yeah that one's a bit of an odd concept because he was maybe slightly
1: shrunk and the peach got bigger uh as did the, the or maybe he stayed the same size i and then the peach certainly got larger because it's the giant peach uh as did some of the the insects yeah and they used birds didn't they they, they lassoed birds with spiders uh silk
0: yes yeah
1: so yeah i mean th- that's another thing you know what happens when Randomly mundane things start to get bigger, you know the city has problems um because who knows maybe there's some sort of temporal rift or um maybe a wizard has sadly passed away of old age, and his ongoing experiment is now running wild without any sort of uh without any cessation or some way of stopping it, and then suddenly everything is larger, so why not then make? You know, you're normal sized, and your your land is normal sized, but the things and obstacles that you fight against just happen to be larger than yourselves because of this. You know, or you that's another example where you could be shrunk, and made normal, and made larger, but at more random points, there's no sort of um, there's no control over it because whatever this thing is is actually making you you shift. So your your threat level is always changing. You know, one minute you're trying to go under a door. The next you're trying to fit through the door because you're so large. You know, there's different obstacles and then different ways for you to try and um, work your way around it rather than the usual sort of check for traps, pick the lock, sneak through. Maybe there's different ways of having to handle that then.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think the main takeaway is that you've just... It, it It changes everything fundamentally. It's like being in a completely different world, a completely different setting because... Yeah, everything is kind of turned on its head.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting thing, but there's so many different ways of exploring it and so many different ways of looking at it. Um, (laughs) We are only uh, two people with, you know, as I say, the limits of our imagination is all we could do with it, really. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately it, it depends if there are any suggestions that you've come up with. I mean, there's many different ways of getting in touch with us. Comment on YouTube, comment on our Twitter um please get get in touch with us. Just tell us what you your thoughts on the matter is. you know eventually, if you've got a million monkeys, no offense typing on typewriters, you're gonna hit Shakespeare eventually so the the more ideas that we can share amongst ourselves uh, the the better off it will be. Uh, I believe
0: okay, you are right. It is once said that uh if you have enough t- monkeys typing um on. Is it infinite monkeys and infinite time writers? One of them will write the the D&D player's handbook. Um, Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right, yeah.
0: Shall we um, take a note from these industrious chimps and systemize? Please do, yes. Systemize. Okay, I've got a blatantly obvious one, Mouse Guard. I've never read it or played it but it's a game about being a tiny mouse, so it's got to work, right? Um, other than that, I don't really...
1: The, the threats are there. I believe the ferrets are your enemies. So, again, something what would normally be small to us is large to them. It it has that, that feel to it. I imagine the uh, the rules system would, would cater to what we're effectively aiming for, yeah. Um,
0: but other than that, I don't really have any um, suggestions because I think... Whatever your system of choice just think about how changing size would affect things and run it in DD five finder OSR uh, 13th age call of Cthulhu wh- whatever you like you you this is less something for a specific system and more a, a way of thinking I would say so it, system to me on this one didn't matter a huge deal is that similar or am i talking crazy talk no it it makes perfect sense i mean
1: before we've uh we've chosen or we vetoed certain systems on the uh the feeling of danger that they could elicit um you know rather than sort of the, the normal tanky nature of fifth edition and things like that but in this instance um while you are able to, for example, in Fifth Finder, take a punishment, there's nothing saying then that the the threat itself can't be skilled in order to make it more dangerous in the first place. Um, you know, who's to say that the ant that you're facing against, you know, doesn't have a, a very vastly damaging pincer attack? Or I believe there was a scorpion at one point as well. What's was to say that it's poison damage? Um, Again, you know, the scale of things, a, a, a scorpion sting and the level of poison it would inject to you while you are a six-foot human, it will take a while for it to be able to circulate through your body. But that tiny drop when you're only half an inch is, what, water or half of your, the, the fluid of your, um, your your blood system anyway? Yeah. So what's to the say then that it's going to take one turn for that to, to pass through you and get to the vital organs even quicker? So, again, it's the scale of things. You know, you can make things um, more effective quicker. You can make them attack you even stronger. Um, so, yeah, it, it all depends on how you want to elicit that level of danger and things like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, you can take away the durability of characters by upping the, uh, the damage that they incur. So, uh, yeah, any really. I mean, to be honest with yourself, with enough imagination, you could, you could do this as a LARP. You could you could you know, if you're doing it as contemporary, you could slap some wellies on and go out in the mud and have a laugh and do this for fun. You know, uh, there's there's nothing like that stopping you from doing it. Um so yeah, GURPS, uh Fifth Finder, any any system you could do that. Just remember to up the scale of the the opposition accordingly, really and bearing in mind trying to keep it as real as, as it can be based on the fact that you're a half an inch tall, try and have it so that a dragon is not going to notice you where something with a heightened sense of smell and is already low down to the ground, such as Quark the Jack Russell, you know, versus things like that, you know? Maybe an eagle might be able to spot you, but would it consider you a hearty lunch, given that you're not the same size as what its normal prey would be? It could, you know, it's it it's uh, it's cry, a squawk, whatever noise they make, it might give you some pause because it's going to be probably louder in comparison to how small you are. But it probably isn't going to pose you uh, any danger because it's not going to bother attacking in the first place. So other than that, yeah, just just let your imagination run wild. And this is one of the one of the final ones that I'd actually oh first ones I would say actually that. Uh, I'm actually interested in hearing everyone's opinions on this
0: matter, you know, because there's so many different ways of going with it. Okay. So I'll summarize our last section of, would we actually play this rod? Yeah. It's an interesting concept.
1: I mean, I could try and put pen to paper for it. Certainly. I mean, I'd be equally willing to play. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if it's if you're making it too overtly Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, though, are you going to have a particular person who doesn't remember the film as fondly being a bit of a grumpy guess? Alan?
0: No, I actually did not... You're right, did not enjoy the film. Um, But I'd very much like to play or run something like this. I didn't enjoy Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but I like um games like Grounded, It Takes Two, Alice the Madness Returns, where size is a factor. Um things like uh, Fantastic Voyage and uh, Anatomy Park. I I, I do like uh, people becoming small as a concept. So although this particular media didn't really do a lot for me, I do like the concept. So, yes, I'd I'd really like to play.
1: Another thought that's just popped into my head is when you do or if you ever do return to normal size, would there be a part, for example, of yourselves that didn't return to normal size. So, for example, would you be a normal six-foot man but with tiny, tiny little baby thumbs?
0: I guess that depends on whether you um, cure yourself properly. It's like, um, I'm I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, Evil Dead Army of Darkness, Uh, you know, where he puts six drops on his tongue instead of five and ends up waking up in the post-apocalypse you know as in if if you have one way to to solve your problem but you don't do it quite right yeah maybe you do end up with tiny thumbs or you know i don't know there, there's all kinds of things here you could do all weird and wonderful maybe maybe it does does too much and you're a regular man again except you overdid your thumbs you've got massive thumbs it's like the hitcher yeah from the mighty bush yeah. yeah maybe that's where and maybe that's how he existed we don't know, or at least I don't know.
1: Different ways. I mean, for example, you could be that you have a, a larger than average mandula oblongata, and that is why you are honorary. Yeah. And that way you would be a very sort of, your character entirely would change upon return. So, yeah, have a look, give it some thought, and explore. Um, again, I'd love, to really would genuinely love to hear back and see what uh, thoughts come of this.
0: Yep. Yeah, so, so, uh,
1: um, Thank you very much for your time, Alan.
0: Yes, and you can fulfil Rod's dreams by contacting us at all the socials that are linked in the show notes. And so uh, last thing to say is just, um, yep, thanks for thanks for, for discussing it with me, Rod, too. And uh, it's bye from me. And it's bye from him. Meow, meow, meow. So that was our episode on... Honey, I shrunk the kids. Hope you got some good ideas out of it. So next time you need something that inspires you, you won't just theorise, but adventurise. And if you do, please let us know. Um, all the social links to socials found in the show notes. And we'll catch you next time.